we believe that the greatest days for Las Vegas are still in front of us. And we, we know that um, we're not um, the new church or the cool church, but we're just one more church that wants to lend our voice to what God is doing in this city in Jesus' name. And so thank you for being here tonight. Let me just explain kind of what Monday nights are. Um, for, f- let me tell you what they're not. They're not the end, okay? Um, we are in the days of small beginnings. Um, we, we do see in our heart a vision for a large, thriving church that would make an impact in this city. Uh, and so if you, if you like tonight and you feel like, oh, this is what I've been looking for, just a small little church, we're probably not going to be like this forever, okay? <laughs> and, so, and, that's not, and that's not wrong of you to want that, uh, and it's not wrong for us to want what we want, but we, we're in a large, growing city. And we want a large, growing church. Amen. And so that's kind of where we're, that's where we're going. This, this is the beginning, though, of, I believe, something beautiful. Uh, recently, a, a report came out. Um, Mark actually sent it to me. That Las Vegas today is a picture of America in 2060. In, in diversity and in multicultural, we, we are a picture of where America is going. I want our church to look that way. Uh, Vegas is diverse. We want a diverse church. We don't want a white church or a black church or an Asian church or a Hispanic church. We want a diverse church that reflects our city. Amen. And so, um, that's our, our city's growing and our city is diverse and we want a diverse and growing church that hopefully is a picture of that and is, um, a church where people from Vegas can come in and go, wow, there's something about this that resonates with my heart. And so that's where we're going. Um, we have a very simple vision. It's going to come up on the screen. We want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Um, you're going to get tired of hearing that, and that's okay. Just smile, okay, because we're going to, you're going to hear it every week. Because without a vision, the people perish. And without the, without a vision, we, we can't go anywhere. So, uh, And you know what's so cool about this vision? It's so simple. I, uh, we hired this awesome company to watch your kids because we wanted to make sure that they were all background checked and no CPR and blah, 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 blah. So we, we hired an awesome company to watch kids. And one of the ladies walked up to me. She goes, well, what's your vision? And I went, oh, it's to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. I just knew it right away. That's what we want. We want something where the dream of our church, the vision of our church, the mission of our church, you can call it whatever you want. We want people to know God, to find personal freedom, in their own heart from whatever hangups and hiccups and issues and strongholds they got. We want people to discover their purpose. You know, every one of you in this room has a purpose. Uh, You're not just here to live and repeat history and go on to the grave. We're here on purpose for a purpose. God said, "I've, I've put you here for such a time as this. Acts 17 says, God ordained the days that we live. And so we're, we're here on purpose. And then when you discover that purpose, I believe we can then make a difference. I want to make a difference in the city. I don't want to just be a church in the city. I want to make a difference in the city. I want, I want every person in our city to know you can go over to that crazy church with those crazy people and that crazy preacher. And, and you're going to hear about Jesus and you're going to get some hope. And you're going to be lifted up and, and you're going to know that, that God is for you and not against you. Amen. 
And so we just, we're just going to, we're going to say it and we're going to say it. We're going to spray it and we're going to, we're just going to talk it, talk it, talk it, talk it, talk it. Okay. And, um, and that, that is our vision. It's so simple. It's so easy. I hope it'll get in your heart. Um, Monday nights are a time, especially for many of you who have already said, man, I'm in for city light. This is my church. You're my pastor, but a monthly preview service, it's just, it's too long. Uh, to go. And especially if you miss one, you know, you don't see people for two months and then, you know, it's crazy. This is a weekly gathering for you. And let me clarify something. You can bring friends. Okay. So this is not a closed meeting. Bring people. If you know people who are looking for a church, um, if you know people that are kind of in an in-between season and they're thinking about making a move, they can absolutely come. Anybody is welcome here on a Monday night to worship with us, hear the word. And, you know, some people might come and go, man, this is great. I'm in. Other people might come and go, this is great. I'm out. Okay. And that's okay. That's what, that's what this is for, for people to really kind of hear our heart, our vision, where we're going, and then, you know, either move forward with us or, uh, or find a church where you can thrive and use your gifts. Amen. Have I said enough? We have, we have seven core values in our church. What I'm going to do over this week and next week is give you those values. Uh, why? Because I want us all to be on the same page. I, I, I pray that these are values that you hear them and go, oh, yeah, let's go. But at the same time, you might hear these values and go, oh, no, let's not. I don't like those. That's not what I value. That's okay. That's, that's honestly part of what these Monday nights are. They're a little bit of a little bit of you know, we're getting to know each other. We're on, you know, kind of on a first date tonight. Okay. And, and, uh, and we're paying. All right. But, but, you know, like we're not going Dutch, but, but, you know, we're just, we're, we're kind of chatting and, and that's kind of what these are. And, you know, if you, some of you don't know me, I'm, I'm kind of a crazy, wild, loud preacher. And so what that means is I'm always going to have notes and I'm always going to have something to do. But at any moment I could go, Oh man, these are boring. And I just want to preach to you and we'll do that. Okay. And so we'll have some of that. We're also going to bring in some guests throughout 2017 uh, who are going to come and minister to our church and to the life of our church and just bring a word from the Lord. And so um, that's kind of what these are going to be. But man, would love for you to bring people, bring your friends, bring your enemies, bring your frenemies, bring your, even bring your mother-in-law, okay? (laughs) Mario Pratis, did you? Okay, what a man of God. This is funny and a little awkward. Here's our first core value. Jesus, our message. Okay, what, what, what do you guys value? We value the message of Jesus. Can I get an amen from somebody? Listen, in our songs, in our sermons, in everything we do, Jesus. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23, Paul said, I preach Christ. That, that's what I, that's what I preach. And, and I, I understand that maybe, you know, there might be ministries that, that have a focus on one thing or another thing in their church. And, you know, even for our church, I think we're going to have a really strong worship culture. Um, I think we're always going to have great music. I think, I think that's going to be a part of our church, but, but in reality, we're a Jesus church. And, and Paul said, man, I preach Christ. And that's what we want to do. We want to preach Christ. And so, here, here's my promise to you. Every time we gather, people are going to hear the message of Jesus. 
Every time we gather, people are going to hear the gospel. Um, every time we gather, your friends are going to have an opportunity to get saved. You're, 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 now, listen, on a Sunday, and, and now, now we're going to have services that are for Christians, and they're wild, and they're crazy. And if you were at our prayer meeting uh, Tuesday night, Mitch Fox came up to me and goes, well, the cat's out of the bag. I guess everyone knows you pray in tongues. I said, absolutely, because I did. And I thought, well, here we go, Jesus. But if, you know, but if you can't pray in tongues at a prayer meeting, you're at the wrong prayer meeting. So, so I went for it. But, 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 but on a s- Sunday to Sunday, you're not going to have to worry about, oh, Jesus, what is Jabin going to say today, Jesus, when you bring your lost friends, okay? We're, we're going to give them an amazing gospel message where, where you know you can bring anybody into the house of God and they can, they're going to have an opportunity to receive Christ. They're going to have an opportunity to get saved. They're going to have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus and receive the Lord. And, and that is my, not only my commitment to you, it's my commitment to God. And I think it has to be. And and, and we're going to have, we're going to have wild Sunday night services or Wednesday night services, or maybe even a couple of wild Monday nights. Okay. But, but I'm saying every Sunday people are going to be able to come into church and you're going to be able to bring anybody you want and you're not going to have to warn them. You're not going to have to explain to them. They're going to hear about Jesus. They're not going to hear about politics. They're not going to hear about my, my opinion. They're not going to hear. They're not going to hear about the news. You got all that on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, Woe Is Me, and all the rest of them. Okay, you have enough news, and it's all bad, by the way. I want people to come to church and hear about Jesus, all right? Um, here, here's, here's the gospel to me. If you want to take notes on these nights, I encourage you to. Are we recording this? It's a little late, on huh, to ask, but shout out to everyone who's hearing this later. Uh Here's the gospel. It's the life, the message, the mission, and the work of Jesus and our response to it. So every week, people are going to hear about the life, the message, the mission, and the work of Jesus on the cross. And then what is their response to it? People are being bombarded with bad news. People are being bombarded with media and politics and just constant, 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 constant divisive division. It's not just division. It's divisive division. I want, I want people to come in and they're going to hear about Jesus and they're going to hear come all who are weary. And so our goal at the end of every service is that people would receive Christ, that people would know Jesus, that people would want more of Jesus, that people would not be beat down looking at their own circumstances, looking at what's wrong with them, but they would be looking at what's right with him. This is what Hebrews 12 tells us to look, looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. This is what, this is, this is my job every Sunday or whoever's preaching and there, and it could be any one of us in this room. Who knows? We're all on the launch team. Okay. Together. We're, we're going to tell people, look at Jesus, look at Jesus, look at Jesus. What did, what did Moses say? He said, look at the serpent. Cause if you'll look at the serpent, you'll live. And Jesus said the same way the serpent was lifted up, I will be lifted up. And when I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. So what are we going to do every Sunday? We're just going to point people yes. to the cross. We're going to point people to Jesus. We're going to point people 
to his life and to his work and to his mission and, and to what he's done and what he did on the cross. And we're just going to, we're just going to tell people, look at Jesus. Don't look at the preacher. Don't look at your circumstance. Don't look at your mountain. Don't look at what's going on around you, but just look at Jesus. And friend, if we can, if we can create that kind of atmosphere, I think people will come. I think people will come. I really do. So in the book of John, you'll, you'll notice this. If, if you'll read the book of John, you'll, you'll find out that a miracle is never called a miracle in the book of John. Every miracle in John is called a sign. When he, when he turned water into wine, it was the sign. When he raised Lazarus, it was a sign. When he, read the book of John, I think it's nine times they, John uses that term. What does a sign do? A sign points to something greater than itself. But it's connected to something greater. Than, let me just tell you what City Light is. We're just going to be a big, in a, in, a, in a city full of big signs, we're going to be a big sign that just points people to Jesus. Because, you know, if it's, if it's just a miracle, we can get obsessed with the miracle. If it's the preacher, we can get obsessed with the preacher. If it's the, if it's the great music, we can get obsessed with the great music. But if it's a sign, no, no one's impressed with a sign. We're impressed with what it's connected to. And every miracle in the book of John is Jesus going, it's not about the water and wine. It's about me. It's not about Lazarus. It's about me. It's not about, it's not about the layman at the pool, John 5. It's about me. It's about me. It's about me. And what we're going to do is as a church, we're going we're gonna to take people and say, it's about him. It's about him. It's about him. That's what we want to do. Jesus is the source of life. And, you know, many people come to church because of uh, experts call it a felt need. Like, oh, man, our marriage is in trouble. We got to get to church, you know, or, or I just got a bad doctor's report. I better get in church or my kid's going crazy. We better get in church or I need an hour away from my kids. Let's go to church, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever it is that you have a felt need. Oh, man, I need some hope. You know, tragedy has struck our city. Man, we got to get in church. I guarantee every church this Sunday was full. Because, and, and I don't judge it, but it's because there's a felt need. But if we just talk to the felt need, anybody can do that. Any, any Oprah, Tony Robbins, Dr. Phil can speak to the, to the felt need. So we need something greater than just talking to the need. We got to get people to the source of who they need. Okay, so I want you to see the difference. So if, if, I'm, if I'm doing a marriage series, it's always going to point to Jesus. So it's, not, it's never going to be, guys, you need to love your wives. Doggone it. Wives, you need to be nice to your husband. It's not going to be that. Here's what it's going to be. It's going it's to be husbands. Love your wives as Christ. And I'm going to point people back to Jesus. Because if I just tell you, you need to have a better marriage, it ain't going to work. But if I can get you face to face with your savior, <laughs> are you, are you seeing it? It's not, it's not, man, I just need, I just need some peace. No, no, no. You need the prince of peace. I just need some hope. No, no. He's the God of hope. The Bible says. So in other words, we're always going to take people back to their source. Their need is the fruit. But the remedy 
is the root. And what they, they need the root. That, by the way, the Bible calls him the root of Jesse. So we need, we need to get people. I hope, I hope this is okay. I'm talking to you like leaders on a Monday. You're like, dog, I'm so tired. I've been at work all day. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm talking to you like you can handle. I, right? We're all good, right? Okay. Act spiritual, say amen. Okay. So it's not, oh, I need the fruit, better marriage. I need the fruit. I need to get healed. I need the fruit. I'm going through a tough time. I need the fruit. I need a financial breakthrough. All, all that fruit, it's cool. But really, who you need is the root. And if we can get people to Jesus, looking at Jesus, worshiping Jesus, desiring Jesus, all of a the sudden those, those issues, they kind of just work themselves out a little bit. Huh. And there's going to be that group of people with the felt need, but there's also going to be people, they don't, they don't think they need anything. Right? Like, they're, like when I got saved, I didn't, I didn't wake up that morning like, I know there's more. I was 15. You're not thinking about eternity when you're 15. When I got saved, I I didn't wake up like there's a God shaped hole in my heart and only Jesus can fill it. (laughs) Like I wasn't thinking about eternity. I came into a praise Holy spirit saturated room and went eternity is real. Jesus is Lord. I need a savior. So I, I didn't get saved based off of a felt need. I got saved based off of a, a knowing in my heart that I needed something beyond myself. Okay. So if we're just preaching felt need, we'll miss the guy who walks in and goes, dude, I'm good. I don't need God. I don't need this. I don't need peace. I'm doing good. I live in the country club. I'm, I'm great. No, no, no. We have to preach Jesus because it's the preaching of the gospel that will penetrate the heart. And they go, oh, my God, I need... Uh, there's something greater than just money or just this or just that. I'm actually okay in the natural, in the temporal, but there's something eternal that's missing. And that will only happen if we preach Jesus. Jesus is our message. Genesis chapter 15, by the way, verse one, when God introduces himself to Abraham, he says, Abraham, I'm going to be your exceedingly great reward. And out of a relationship with Yahweh, he became a father. Out of a relationship with Yahweh, he became a squillionaire. That's beyond a billionaire, okay? It's my own word. <laughs> out of the relationship with Yahweh, he became a military leader. R- read your Bible. He got, he got the greatest reward. And then out of that relationship flowed the blessing. So we're always going to bring people back to who they really need. They need Jesus. And if they get Jesus, life has a way of flowing in the direction of his blessing. Amen. Okay, number two. Are y'all okay? Number two, the church, our home. The church, our home. Jesus is building his church. And we're going to, Use our gifts, raise our families, and find community in the house of God. Those who are planted in the Lord's house, they will flourish in the courts of our God. The average average professing Christian in America goes to church once a month. 
and will only go to church once during the summer. So for you to be here on a Monday night, you're like super saved. (laughs) Mansion in heaven, like Bentleys, whatever they got up in heaven, Gabriel's, you know, whatever. I don't know what they got up there. (laughs) Michael's, you know, I don't know. Uh, so the, so the average, the average Christian is going to church once a month and they're, and they're going to church once during the summer. We, um, yeah, I don't know where they're going on vacation, but they're living it up. (laughs) We, we want to be a church that actually loves the church that loves this, that loves the gathering, that loves the saints, that loves to worship together, that loves to come together, that loves to, to do what we're doing right here. And the Bible says those who are planted, not just those who kind of visit once in a while, you know, if you get a, if you get a tomato plant and you put it in some dirt and then a couple of weeks later, you take it out, put it in some new dirt. And then a couple of weeks later, you take it out and you put it in some new, you know what? It's, it's not going to be very strong. It's still a tomato plant, but it's a weak tomato plant. You know that a Christian that pops into church every once in a while, I mean, you're a Christian, but but, <laughs> but you know what, if you'll, if you'll put that tomato plant in a garden, in a greenhouse, and you'll just let that thing thrive and thrive and thrive and thrive, it's going to be awesome. And as Christians, we've got to be planted in the house of God. And here's the promise of God to those who are planted. You will flourish. Now, here's, here's this word flourish. It means to grow, to bud. To break out. So maybe the reason you can't get a breakthrough is because you're not planted. Because if you're planted, the promise is you'll break out of addiction. Break out of cycles. Break out of strongholds. Break out of thought patterns. Break out of... So, man, I can't get a breakthrough. I can't... Man, I just can't conquer this thing. I just, those who are planted will break out. They will fly, this Hebrew word means. They will spread out and they will spring up. That's what flourish means. Um, I want our church to be big and expansive and growing. The, the church of Jesus Christ, it is big. It is expansive. It is growing. No matter what, what people are saying, that Christianity is still the fastest growing religion in the world. It's growing by leaps and bounds. There's only six countries in the world where Christianity is not moving forward. One of them happens to be America. Um, but in every, the, the vast majority of countries, Christianity is thriving. People are giving their life for the gospel. People are going all in for the gospel. I want to be a part of that. And Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail. I want to be a part of something where the gates of hell cannot prevail. I don't want to be beat up by the devil. I don't want to be in constant warfare and in constant defeat and in constant issues. I want to be a part of something that is moving forward, taking ground. I was just praying today. I, I, I left the house early and just was going up and down, kind of wrestle and just all up, up and down and just all over the southwest part of town. And there's just dirt everywhere. And I just thought, I said, Lord, that'd be a great place for a church. And then I drove a little bit further. I said, Lord, that'd be a great place for a church. And Lord, that'd be another great place for a church. And hey, let's put a church there too. We'll be like Tulsa. Okay, we'll just have churches on every corner. 
The church is growing, friend, all over the world. I want it to grow here. And it's growing the fastest in countries where it's looked at as negative, where it's persecuted, where it's hated. It's thriving. It gives me a lot of faith for Vegas. I figure, I, you know, even, even talking about this, I figure, man, if anyone would come to church in Vegas on a Monday night, they probably love the Lord. So let's just go for it. Like, like let's, let's just go all in for the house of God. I wrote this down. I want everyone in this room to live a big life, a large life, an influential life, a life that brings light to our city. Well, how does this happen? It happens by giving your life to something bigger than yourself. You put a shark in a little aquarium and it's going to stay small. You put that same shark in the ocean, it's going to get real big. You put a Christian all by themselves, taking shots of people on Facebook, they're going to live a real small life. Hello, somebody. Can you believe in that preaching? Why are you so busy? I mean, how do you even have time? I'm too busy to be critical. But you see a family, you see a couple, you see men and women who've just given themselves over to the house of God and they live a big life. I'm not just talking about big in, in the American dream sense. I'm talking about they're just big spirited. They're big minded. They're big believers. They're, they got big faith and they got big dreams and they, and they, they can believe for big and they can, they can, they can see what other people can't see. Why? Because, because they're not in the aquarium of isolation. They're, they're swimming in the ocean with God. And because of that, they're living a big life an expansive life. Friend, I want the church to be our home. I want, I want the church to be our passion. And, and again, if you're, if you're hearing this and you go, man, I don't know about that, Jabin. I don't know if I can do that with you. Do it with somebody. But, but get in a church where you can get behind the vision because your life will get bigger. Can I hear an amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. In 2 Samuel, David, he had such a desire to build God a house. I want to build God a house in this city. I want to build houses in this city. Multiple campuses. Why do we need more than one campus? Because there's so many people here. You know, there isn't just one Walmart in Vegas. There isn't a 5 million square foot Walmart. (laughs) That would be scary. (laughs) There isn't a 10 million square foot Target. Well, that's some of your ladies' dreams right there, but... There isn't, there isn't a mega McDonald's. Y'all ever thought about this? There isn't a mega 7-Eleven. No, no, no. They're all over. I don't, I don't necessarily need a 3,000 seat campus. I, I, don't, I don't like going to mega, 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 mega buildings. I don't like parking that far away and having to walk in. I'll just be honest with you. You know, 99% of the time when I'm in church, I'm the guest speaker. So they pull me around the back, take me in a cool, you know, garages and, you know, there's ushers and it's like, oh, this is awesome. But about 1% of the time, I'll go to church somewhere and I got to park a zillion miles away. I'm just like, I hate this. So you know what I see? I see campuses of about a thousand people all over the city. I don't, I don't want a room more than a thousand people. 
Now, some of you are like so full of faith. You're like, don't limit God. Okay, I'm not. But so you pray for that. But here's what I want. I would love, I would love a campus with a thousand seat room around here and a campus with a thousand seat room way on the north side and a, and a campus with a thousand seats in Summerlin and a thousand seats in Henderson and a thousand seats downtown. And, and so we're, we're mega, but we're not because every campus doesn't feel that big. Where, where honestly, you go to your campus and you wouldn't even know you're part of like a mega, mega, mega church. You know what I'm saying? You, now, it might be video or it might be a different preacher. It, it could be a lot of different options. But you don't, you don't even know that on that Sunday morning, you know, 10,000, 15,000 people are gathering. Because we're all over the city. I don't, you know, eventually, I don't want, you know, you guys in... in um, Aliante, Reno. Yeah, they're in Reno. Over by the Aliante Casino. You know, eventually, the goal is not that people just drive. Well, a church alive is worth the drive. You don't even believe that. The, the goal is that eventually we have campuses all over. I'm just dreaming with y'all, and I'm so encouraged by your lack of faith. Okay, let's keep moving. <laughs> But y'all get what I'm saying? I would love that. 500 seat rooms, 1,000 seat rooms, nothing, nothing mega, mega, but we've got them all over. Okay. Let me just break this down real quick. We will use our gifts. Number one, I, wanna, I, I don't want just my gifts to serve me. I want my gifts to serve others. I don't, I don't want them to just be all about me. I want them to serve others. Number two, I want to raise my family in the house of God. I want, I want your grandkids eventually when that day comes. You've got a while, honey, until that day. But I want eventually, it's, now it's not just my kids. I want, I want Goldie to be raised in the house, to love the house. That, that Sunday is, it's never, are we going to church today? It's, it's Sunday. You know what I mean? Or whenever we meet. For us, for 2017, it's Monday. It's Monday. We go to church. It's what we do. We raise our families in the house. We raise our family in the house. We go to church. This is just what we do. We worship together. We, that's our preacher. That's our pastor. That's, those are our friends. That's our, I want us to raise our families in the house of God. I want that. I want, I want my grandbabies to be in the house of God. This is what I want. I want, my, I want church to be a non-negotiable. Thirdly, I want us to find community. So we need our hands in two worlds. I'm, I'm reaching lost people and I'm reaching unsafe friends and I'm, and I'm, and I'm trying to help and I'm doing that. But, then, but my, my core, my foundation is in the house. So I'm, I'm reaching the lost, but I'm planted in God's house. Does that make sense? I'm, 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 I'm all over this city leading people to Jesus, but I'm planted in the house. I've got a lot of lost friends, but I'm planted in the house. I got a lot of people I'm, I'm praying for, but I'm planted in the house. Because when all hell hits, I need to know I have a refuge, a home, a place that I can run to. I want us to find community in God's house. Amen. 
number three. I think, I think we'll probably just get through this one. It's, it's 8 o'clock for all of you who are watching the hockey game on your phone right now. Okay. <laughs> or Monday Night Football. Faith. <laughs> Faith, our lifestyle. Leaning into all God has for us. Honoring his word. Man, I want this to get in your spirit. And believing for more. And we, we serve a God of more than enough. Not just enough. As the old Pentecostal preacher used to say, he's not El Chipo. He's El Shaddai. <laughs> oh, Lord, forgive me for even saying that, but oh, it's so funny. Believing for more. I, I, let, me, let me say this and, and say it in a way that, that uh, and then I'll try to explain it. We're, we are a faith church. You are looking at a faith preacher. Um, let me try to explain what that means. It means that we believe that we can access all God has for us by believing in him and believing him. So we're never settling. We're believing for more. We're, we're, um, we're grateful, but we're not settling. We, we've learned to be content, as Paul said, but we're not settling. There's, there's a difference. By, by being a faith church, it means that we don't live by what we see. Okay. We, we're, not, we're not a fear church. We're a faith church. We're not a scared church. We're a faith church. We're not a dismayed church. We're a faith church. We're believing. We're, we're believing what he said, and we're always believing God for more. And notice that it's honoring his word. We, by being a faith church, we're a word church. Because the book of Romans tells us, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing. So you're never going to just, I'm never going to get up and just tell stories and make you laugh. And then it was like, what did he talk about today? I don't know, but it was funny. I don't know, but we cried. No, we're always going to open the Bible. We're always going to go into the text. You're, you're always going to have the ability to write down some notes and, and get some revelation. And I'm always going to give you a couple of words in the Greek and the Hebrew. We're, we're going to be a word church. And by being a word church, we're going to be a faith church. And it means that we don't live by what we see. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, It is impossible to please God without faith. So how do we please God? We please God by faith. We're going to be a faith church and we must believe it goes on to say that he is and that he is a rewarder. So we're never going to shy away from that. Well, we just love the Lord and whatever happens, happens. No, no, we believe that he's a rewarder. We believe that he's a giver. We believe that he's a multiplier. We believe that he wants to help your business and help your marriage and help your family and, and help that, that he can give divine favor and open doors. This is the God that we serve that he said that every, uh, he'll cause every mountain to bow down and every valley to rise up and every crooked path to be made straight. This is who God is. He is a rewarder. So we're believing and not despairing. We're praising and not complaining. We're speaking God's word. We're not obsessed with our circumstance. We're saying God can and God will. We're walking by faith and not by sight. We're not just a Sunday faith. We're an everyday faith because faith is our lifestyle. Can I get an amen from everybody? 
Faith by faith. Our lifestyle means that it's not just a Sunday thing. I want to, I hopefully will be able to teach and preach in such a way that you can use this in your business and you can use it on Monday and you can use it on Friday and you can use it every day of the week that, that you can go, okay, yeah, Jabin said, okay, I can, okay. Oh yeah, the Bible said, okay. And it, and it'll, it'll literally set the course for every day of your life. And if we're a faith church, then we know James chapter two, that faith without works is dead. So that means that we're going to take this message to the city. We're going to reach our world with the story of Christ. We're not just going to talk a big talk in here and forget about out there, but our faith is going to propel us. It's going to push us. It's going, it's going to cause us to go out and to, to move out into our world and to move out into the streets. And it's going to, it's, if, if we say we have faith, but we have no works, we're deceiving ourselves. If we say we have faith because we got great music or great preaching or a great kids ministry or whatever, we're missing it, friend. Our faith has to now take us out and be a change and a light in our city. So we're going to be a faith church, but that means if we're a faith church, we're an action church. <laughs> and if we're an action church, that means you're going to get a little uncomfortable sometimes. If we're an action church, that means someone might sit next to you that doesn't smell like you or look like you or might not be as sober as you. Because <laughs> I hope we're reaching people that actually need Jesus. Hope not everyone looks like me and acts like me. I hope when I say, can everyone say amen? Some people go, what in the world did that mean? You know, that's what I want. When we sing songs about holy ground, I hope they're going, what in the heck is this song about? I hope, I hope we're reaching all kinds of people because we're a faith church. Let me give you, it's, it's 808. Let me give you one more because I made a vow to be done at 815 to the Lord and to my wife. <laughs> and I want you to come back next week. So I'm not going to keep you here until nine o'clock. You're like, I can't do that. I'll, I'll come back in January. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I'll come back when it's on Sunday. Number four, generosity. Generosity is our joy. Oh, I love this statement. I felt like the Holy Spirit gave this to me. God is good. Can we just say amen to that real quick? God is good. God is good and has an amazing life for every one of us. This life does not happen by taking. Oh man, it happens by generously giving. So, so this, this big, expansive, awesome life that God has for me does not, does not come to me with a, with a closed hand. If your hands are closed, how can he give you anything? If, if your hands are closed, how can you receive anything? If your hands are closed, how can God bless you? Because it'll just fall right through. But if I live a open-handed life, the world of the generous, it just gets larger and larger. Thank you, Eugene Peterson in the message translation. I love that. But the world of the stingy, it just gets smaller and smaller. I don't want to be a small person with a small spirit, with a small way of thinking and, 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 and angry at anyone who lives a big life. No, I want to I be a generous person that is living larger and larger. So God has an amazing life for you, for your family, for your business, for your future. But I don't believe it comes by taking. I believe it comes by giving. 
And then the promise of God goes into effect. Every time you give, you enter into a supernatural, unchangeable law called sowing and reaping. God said this in, in Genesis 8, verse 22. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There will be winter and summer. There will be daytime and nighttime. When you give generously, you enter into something that will be here as long as the earth is here. I want to be a part of that. I'm a part of God's eternal plan. Now listen, it doesn't mean that if you give tonight, you're going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be a Mercedes in your front yard. We don't believe that. But if that does happen, take a picture. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it's, it's not about that. We're, we're, we're not giving to a genie in a bottle. And I would say it like this. I don't give to get. I give to give again. Oh, that's awesome. I remember when I took my first staff position and I got paid $800 a month. And I tithe on that $800 a month. And now the Lord has blessed us in a different way. We get to tithe off of what we get now. I'm not going to share that amount with you. <laughs> we get to tithe off of that. And you know what? And it's actually way more than a tithe because basically everything that comes in, we just give it to the church. You know what's so cool? I don't give to get. I just give to give again. And my last gift is smaller than my next gift. Because the life of the generous is getting larger and larger. That's so cool. Oh, but the promise of God is that the world of the generous is getting bigger. And it's getting bigger. And it's getting bigger. That's the kind of life I want to live. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, we're not a, oh, I don't know how to say it. Because we're not a poverty church, but we're not a false prosperity church that is just going to tell you, you know, give right now and, you know, what, what's the date? You know, it's October 9th. Give a $900 seed and tomorrow you're going to be worth $9 million. No, we don't do any of that, okay? This isn't Christian TV. I actually got to see you next week. <laughs> Unlike these evangelists that do weird stuff like that and then leave town, okay? Um, I'm telling you, if you live generously, your life, not just your bank account, your life gets bigger. And I give to give again. And yet somehow in giving again, my life grows. And so here's three ways that we give. We give our time, our talent, and our treasure. Give our time. You, you made it a point to leave your home at 6 o'clock, 6.30, whatever time you did, straight from work. And you've given God two hours tonight. And I will, I promise you, God will honor that. Promise. Promise. He will. He promises it. You've given him something you can't get back called time. God will bless you for it. Number two, I give my talent. I got, I got gifts. I got, I got abilities. I got talents. I got, I got, I got ways of seeing life. If I'll, if I'll not just use that for me, but I'll use it for God's house. God will bless me for it. And number two, our, our, number three, excuse me, our treasure. Um, Jabin, do you believe in tithing? Yeah, I do. Should I? I, I mean, whatever. I don't know. I'm not trying to pick a fight with you. It's our first meeting. 
I do. We give a lot more than that. We're blessed to do it. I love it. And you do what you want. I, you know, I think I said this a couple of months back when we were at the Smith Center. You know, I said, you know, figure that out between you and the Lord. But if you're going to come, bring your praise, bring your testimony, bring your mat, you know, if you remember that. But um, we tithe. We'll talk about tithing. We're not going to be ashamed of it. Uh, I, I don't believe uh, this might freak some of you out, so get ready. Okay, let's just say it. If, if I, I don't tithe because of Malachi 3, God is my father. He doesn't curse his children. It's an Old Testament law to the priests that were robbing God. And so God is good to me, and he's not going to, you know, cause me to have a tire blowout because I didn't tithe. Man, I didn't pay my tithe, and, you know, my engine broke down. No, your engine probably broke down because you didn't put oil in or something else, okay? Or your tires were old or, you know, it's Vegas, AC's break, okay? So, so God doesn't curse people, okay? He doesn't. He's not, a, he's not into that. You're his kid. He loves you. Okay, when Goldie does something, you know, eventually one day that will disappoint me. I'm not going to curse her. <laughs> okay, God doesn't curse his kids. So Malachi 3 is an Old Testament under the law scripture to those people. I tithe because I'm super grateful for what Jesus has done for me. I tithe because there's no way I could ever repay all he's done in my life. I tithe because I don't want to die with a with a big bank account, never did anything for the kingdom. I want to, you know, I tithe for a lot of other reasons. And then, you know, and then because I give to give again, I end up giving a lot more than my tithe. And, and so that's why I do it. Um, if you're there, do it. If you're not there, don't do it. I ain't tripping about it. I'm not checking anybody's tithing records, by the way. Okay. I actually don't know who's gives and doesn't give. So just so you know, and I want to keep it that way. Because I don't want to go up to the big tithers. Hey, brother, I've been praying for you. Okay, I'm not going to go there. I, I honestly, don't. You know, the Lord's hands really on you. Yeah, I bet. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you give or not. Isn't that comforting to know that that I don't know if you give? I'm just nice because I'm nice, or I'm mean because I'm mean. But it's not because. <laughs> He knows I'm not tithing. He didn't say hi to me. No, I don't know. I don't know. It's none of my business. It's between you and God. I just promise you what we do with that money is going to be used for the kingdom. Okay. It's 8. I went over. Lord, forgive me. It's 8.18. We're going to be here every Monday. Uh, Come back next week. (laughs) And, And bring somebody. And, uh, and would, you know, I honestly, I prayed today. I think there's a, uh, 120 seats in here. I prayed, I prayed, Lord, by the time we start in January, I, I pray this Monday night, we're having to do two of these like at six and eight or something and give all, all you young people can come at eight o'clock. Praise the Lord. And, uh, but do we'll, we'll have to do, we'll have to do two of these to get everyone in. And get everyone on the launch team. Over the next few months, we're going to be talking about your gift, your call, where you're anointed to serve in our church. Because um, we're going to need people helping in all kinds of different ways. And, um, and so we're pumped about it. And we want you to use your gift for the glory of God, not for our glory. Envelope on your seat. Um, if you do feel led, 
to partner with us financially through tithes and offerings. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for honoring the Lord that way. And thank you for trusting us as well. Uh, you can give cash credit um, check. Uh, we are a 501c3. Just want you to know that we're all legal. We have a board of directors that oversees all of our finance. I just want you to know none of this is, we're not weird with the money, okay? We're very accountable. Just that we're having a board meeting uh, literally this week to even just talk about finances. We have an incredible board, Pastor Jensen Franklin, Pastor Mike Caminetti from Canton, Ohio is just a legend. Um, Pastor Robbie Hilton, Pastor David Hall, so many great pastors and leaders who um, absolutely care about you and care about us, okay, and want what's best for our church. And so just want you to know that you, you can trust us. And quite frankly, if you don't yet, that's okay because we still won't be here. And we love you, okay? And so, but if you, if you do feel led to partner with us through tithes and offerings, we absolutely appreciate it. And, um, and we're honored by it. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to get out of here. And, uh, and we'll see you next Monday night.